Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you're listening to the Clear Money's online radio show, and today we're interviewing Chad Otto of Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm your host, Helen Gibson, Community Relations Coordinator at Denver Community Credit Union. Denver Community is a not-for-profit financial cooperative serving the people of the city and county of Denver. If you're interested in joining our cooperative or learning more about Clear Money Program, you can visit our website at denvercommunity.coop. You can email me at education at denvercommunity.coop. Or you can even call me at 303-573-1170, extension 1754. I'd be happy to talk to you. But let's get to what we're here today for, and we have our expert. He's Chad Otto. Hi, Chad. Hello. Chad, how long have you been working in insurance? Oh, I just last week celebrated my 18th anniversary with Liberty Mutual. So I've got uh, a long history with them, and um, I uh, have been doing car insurance and homeowner's insurance uh, that entire time. And um, really appreciate you having me on here to interview and maybe get some good information out to uh, the community. And uh, if your questions aren't uh, fully answered uh, or need more information, I'm happy to take phone calls with uh, people that might have questions uh, or an email. And uh, my phone number at the office is 720-489-8400. And my email is chad.auto, that's O-T-T-O, at libertymutual.com. So chad.auto at libertymutual.com. Excellent. So you've been doing insurance for 18 years, and um, I know we're going to try to cover a lot in 30 minutes, so it's great that you could share your information with people. I'm going to start with car insurance questions and then move on to renters and homeowners insurance. Uh, I've, you probably sell life insurance too, but I think that might be out of our ability to cover that in this half hour. Um, so car insurance I've heard full coverage, and in Michigan we use the term PLPD, and that was back from way when I had my 1986 Dodge Daytona. And um, I think they say liability instead here. What exactly is full coverage, liability coverage, and what should I have? Well, the, the term full coverage is really not a great description, but to most people, that means that you have at least comprehensive end collision in addition to the liability. Uh, liability is pretty understandable. You know, it's, it's just uh, you know the liability that makes you legal to drive on the road. And uh, oftentimes, with liability coverage, also comes uninsured motorist coverage and medical payments coverage. That's pretty standard. Uh, the, un- the uninsured motorist coverage being for bodily injury to the passengers in your car. Uh, you may also get uninsured motorist property damage and possibly some form of roadside assistance or towing with a liability-only package. So uh, with full coverage, too, there's additional things in there like rental reimbursement, uh, new car replacement, better car replacement, and, and so on. So there's a, usually a whole menu of items that you can oftentimes choose from. Okay, so when you say comprehension, what does that cover, and how does it differ from collision? The comprehensive is um, something that has uh, covers damage that was caused to your car by something other than a collision. So it's going to be all your weather-related damages, 
um, you know, hail, lightning, flood, then there's falling objects, theft and vandalism, uh, fire. We occasionally see the, you know, a car on the side of the road that's burning up. Well, that's a comprehensive type claim. Mm-hmm. The collision is pretty obvious. You collided with something, so. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's far more obvious. And then the liability is more uh, in the case you're getting sued or if you have to pay someone because you crashed them, right? Yeah, well, in Colorado, um, we are a uh, we dropped our no fault uh, coverage back in 2003. It, it, that law expired, and so now uh, the at fault driver is liable for all of the damages caused to the other person, the other person's car, or their injuries, or in the event that you hit a, a fixed object like a light pole or. A, Gosh, we even this morning on the news, there was a uh, truck that drove through the window of a, um, a quick stop, uh, Circle K. <laughs> so oh. his liability is going to be paying out for the damage to that building. Okay. So I've heard and know from working in credit unions that when you have a car loan, they usually require you to have something. Are they requiring you to have the comprehensive collision or just the liability? Well, the liability is required by state law okay. so that you can operate a vehicle on the road. The comprehensive and collision is required by your lender if uh, if you have a loan against the car. Now, just because you have a loan against the car or, or maybe that you don't have a loan against the car and you own it outright, you may still want to carry full coverage, the comprehensive and collision, because of the, uh, you know, the, the car still has a high, high value to it and, um, it would be prudent uh, from an insurance standpoint to go ahead and pay the extra premium for full coverage. Okay. And I know they talk about having deductibles on that. So for those people who maybe are new to insurance, maybe this is the first time they're looking at buying a car, can you explain how that works? Sure. A deductible is generally your portion of the uh, uh, cost to repair the car. So the car has been damaged either from a comprehensive or collision type loss, and uh, a common deductible is $500. And so what that means is if you have $1,500 of damage to the car, uh, your insurance company is going to pay $1,000 of that, and the other 500 is something that, that you would pay. Now, a common misconception, though, is that uh, that $500 gets paid directly to the insurance company. It doesn't. It, how it works is your car is in the body shop and oftentimes uh, the insurance company will send a check to you for that $1,000 directly to you or in some cases directly to the body shop. You take the insurance check plus your check for $500 to the body shop after your car is finished and you're back on the road again. Could you, uh, if it was a damage that didn't totally total your car, could you just take the check and live with the damages then? It is possible, but some lenders, uh, depending on the uh, amount of damage, uh, may want you to fix the car, actually. But, yes. Um, uh, that is that ethical? People, um, <laughs> yeah, it is ethical. Um, it, it's okay because if you just take the check from the insurance company and don't fix the damage because uh, in some cases hail damage, people don't fix that. Well, you still have diminished value of the car. And so at some point in time, you're going to want to sell it or trade it in, and you're just not going to get as much as you would mm-hmm. if the car didn't have that hail damage. So you are entitled to that money, even if you don't fix the car. Okay. 
Although our auto buying partners would say, fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that is the case, uh, you know, with, with most most uh, situations where you have a loan against the vehicle. So. Okay. Then uh, I know that you mentioned earlier that liability is required by state law. I guess, is it, obviously I want everyone to carry a liability. I'm not going to suggest that they shouldn't. But what happens if you don't? Well, if you don't carry it, of course, you are subject to, uh, you know, tickets and penalties from the state, uh, which can include even the loss of your driver's license. Okay. And, um also, if uh, you have an accident and you're at fault in that accident and you do not have the proper coverage, um, it is possible for you to get sued and they could force you to pay out of your own pocket for the damages you caused. Okay. It's quite a risk to take considering the medical bills you might cause someone if you hit them. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And Okay, and I won't go into cost because that probably depends on everybody, but I would guess it's definitely not worth the risk. So in Michigan, where I'm from, we have something called no fault. And I know Colorado, you mentioned at fault. Um, what is the basic difference? Well, in a no fault state, which Colorado was prior to 2003, um, the injuries in an accident were paid by each individual person's automobile insurance policy. Uh, the at-fault party did not pay for those injuries. And uh, for states that have no faults, that's what that's referring to. In Colorado, our law expired in 2003, so at this point in time, the at-fault person in the accident is responsible for uh, the injuries that they cause to other parties in other cars or if you were to hit a pedestrian or a bicyclist and they have injuries. So so from an insurance point of view, do you think that at-fault is better? Well, uh, Colorado became the 38th state to uh, go to uh, no-fault, or not no-fault, but away from no-fault. Uh, and so uh, across the country, it, it's uh, more prevalent that you're, what we call a tort state tort, uh, rather than a no-fault state. And uh, so, yeah, it depends on who you talk to. The hospitals and the emergency room providers and so forth, they like the no-fault, but it really caused insurance premiums to be uh, higher than they would be otherwise. And we have seen a, a decrease in premiums, average premiums, uh, over the past seven years, in large part because no-fault went away. That's interesting. Oh, I was curious, but I suppose I should really focus on what people are here for. And right. uh, I uh, see that car insurance is often described as three numbers, like 100, 300, 100. Is that the comprehensive collision liability? No. What that okay. is is uh, that, that's your liability coverage when you see it written that way. And so the 100, the first number that you see in the split limit coverage, like in this case, 100,000, is what that's referring to. And that's your liability coverage, and that's the amount of coverage you have per person that you cause injury to, when, again, when you're at fault in the accident. 300000 would be the maximum payout, regardless of the number of people injured in the uh, car accident. And then the third number is property damage. So that would be damage to, again, the other person's vehicle or uh, their house or the uh, light pole on the side of the road. So, mm-hmm. so it, uh, 
the state of Colorado requires that you carry a minimum of 25,000 per person, 50,000 per accident in bodily injury, and 15,000 of property damage. But I would caution people that those limits are very low. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, there's a lot of people out there that have uh, cars that are worth more than $15,000. And Mm -hmm. if you wreck one of those cars, you get to pay the difference uh, Mm -hmm. above and beyond what the insurance pays. So. Especially if maybe you're a younger driver who has less experience, you might be tempted to go that route because it seems cheaper at the time. But mm-hmm. if you have less experience, it's just statistically that you're probably more likely to crash into one of these cars that costs more than 15000 Yep. I know someone that uh, had to pay out an extra $6,000 out of their own pocket to settle the claim because they only had the $15,000 of property damage coverage and they did $21,000 of damage. That's a bad day. So best question of all, how do you keep those premiums low while staying adequately protected? Well, uh, number one, most important is a good driving record. Uh, Secondary to that would be a good credit uh, history as uh, insurance companies have been using for quite some time now uh, credit scoring or certain aspects of your credit for that. Also the car that you drive. you know, if you've got a hot rod sports car, you're going to expect to pay more for your car insurance. So uh, <laughs> if you're younger, good grades, uh, driver's training. If you're 55 or older, the accident prevention courses, you get discounts for that. And, of course, you want to look for cars that uh, have uh, safety features on them, such as analog brakes and the new blind spot warning things and lane departure warnings and things like that. So those all help keep your rates down. Okay. And... Uh- I'm going to give you a second to plug here. If members of people listening are members of the credit union, is there uh, any discounts for them with Liberty Mutual? Absolutely. Liberty Mutual partners uh, statewide uh, and even nationwide with a number of credit unions, and uh, we are very happy to uh, be a a preferred member or partner with Denver Community Credit Union. And so we offer a discount to the members, uh, usually about 10% on the auto and 5% on home or renter's insurance. Oh, excellent. So let's talk homeowners and renter's insurance. Let's start with renter's insurance because I think it's quicker. Um, Why? Because you don't own it. So why are you paying insurance? Well, there's uh, two reasons to have insurance when you're a renter. One is um, if there was a fire and you lost all the possessions in your house or your your, uh, apartment or maybe you're renting a home, uh, that's devastating. And uh, it can take a person a long time to recover from that, something like that financially if there's no insurance coverage. But uh, in, in many cases now, apartment managers are requiring that you have uh, liability coverage, which is a part of renter's insurance. And that is a situation where if you do something that's you know, deemed negligent and cause damage to the apartment, such as start a fire, um, and I had a policyholder do that one time. They did $42,000 of damage. But they I started a fire in my house. It's not that hard to do. Yeah. I, I didn't cause any damage. <laughs> yeah. It happened. So, but, uh, no, my policyholder, they did $42,000 of damage, and we paid for it because they had renter's insurance. And, uh, and you know, they were negligent. You know, they drained a water bed but didn't turn the water heater, the heater off for the water bed. And they left to run some errands, and guess what? Oh. And everything was ablaze. Not good. No. So. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really bad day. 
Yeah, that so, is a really bad day. <laughs> All I did, by the way, is accidentally put oil too hot on the in a pan on the stove. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Like I was like, oh, that's why I don't fry on the stove. I'm not mm-hmm. smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, that's more common than people realize that, you know, and it's just, you know, but you need to have the insurance coverage there in case you do And the fire extinguisher. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) That is worth every dollar we pay for it. Of course, now you had a grease fire, so uh, you need a special fire extinguisher for that. Yeah, the, um, well, we just went to uh, whatever, one of the home improvement stores and got Mm -hmm. the general purpose kitchen one. Yeah, oh, perfect. Of course, it took us like three days to clean up the fire extinguisher. But let's talk about homeowners insurance. Okay. What is the scoop on homeowners insurance these days? Well, uh, lately, uh, and I think everybody's aware, it's been all over the news, uh, and many people have been uh, affected by this. The hailstorms, uh, 2009 and 2010, were especially bad, and we've had at least one significant hail event. Uh, comes through the Denver uh, metro area. In fact, it probably hit the credit union right downtown there. I know, it hit uh, my garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, what that does is uh, it puts increasing pressure on the insurance companies and their reserves and so forth. And so we've been seeing a uh, uh, mandatory wind and hail deductibles imposed. So that means that ultimately you're going to end up with a, a, a slightly bigger deductible on your homeowner's insurance uh in the event that you have uh, wind damage or hail damage. So that's one of the bigger things we've seen. Other than that, um, another thing that's going on right now, the market, the home prices are down. I think, you know, that, that's pretty common knowledge mm-hmm. these days. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you should insure your home for less money. So just because you bought your house, say, for 225000 that might be well below what it sold for a few years back and certainly well below what it would cost to rebuild it. And so I've seen a number of people underinsured on their on their homes and uh, because they think, well, I already paid 225000 for it. I only need to insure it for that. Well, no, um, you need to insure it for what it would cost to rebuild it. So. Okay. So what is this, um, going back to what you said about the wind or hail deductible, is that something that people will find at renewal? Is that something that people are just saying? Like if I called up and said, hey, I need, I want to go ahead and get this roof fixed, would they just say, oh, by the way, we're doing this now. How is that working? Yeah. Uh, in many cases, it is happening automatically on renewal. and okay. uh, Or if you switch insurance carriers, um, you know, you may uh, find that uh, most of the other carriers have that. And you would want to take that into consideration, of course, uh, before switching, uh, make sure you you know what uh, the policy you're buying. And I will tell you that at Liberty Mutual, we do have a mandatory wind and hail deductible. Uh, however, for uh, our uh, new customers especially, that, that wind and hail deductible minimum is still quite low. Um, and uh, it's one half of 1% of your dwelling coverage. And so on a $200,000 home, that's a $1,000 deductible, which is many people are used to that anyway. So it's not that mm-hmm. big a deal. Okay. So we, as I noted, got hit by hail recently. We actually had a guy from a roofing company come by going door-to-door offering to inspect our roof for us. We, as a matter of 
practice, we always say no to door-to-door people because a lot of them aren't legit. This guy seemed legit, though. Um, what's your uh, point of view on this from an insurance agent's point of view? Well, I know that uh, I tell all my customers that they think that they have hail damage, that they should just call our claims office and have one of our adjusters come out, and they will let you know if you have hail damage or not. Now, in some cases, I have had customers that they knew they had a friend uh, or a relative that was in the roofing business, Mm -hmm. and they felt comfortable letting them up on the roof uh, to take a look first. Um, Now, I would advise that if you do let someone that comes door-to-door look at your roof uh, and they come back and say that you have hail damage, before you sign anything with them or agree to use them to replace your roof, at that point in time, you need to just stop and call your insurance company. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then if at a later date you still feel comfortable with that person that came to your door unsolicited, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, doing a little research on that, you should be, you know, okay probably to go ahead and let them uh, uh, do the work. So, yeah. you know, but, so caution. I would call the insurance company first. Is yeah. My general. Uh, Sounds like a good. Good piece of advice. So I have heard a rumor before, and as a dog owner, I'm curious. I've heard that some having some dogs can actually mean that you can't get insured, and having some dogs means it affects your insurance. Is that true? It is true. There are certain breeds of dogs that uh, are prone to be a little more aggressive or vicious or likely to cause serious bodily injury to somebody. And that becomes an issue for a homeowner because you're very possibly liable for that and could be sued and so forth. So um, you'll never get a discount for having a guard dog at your house. In fact, you might find yourself not able to get insurance if you had, you know, a so-called guard dog. Um, And uh, now at Liberty Mutual, uh, there really aren't any breeds of dogs that we won't insure, mm-hmm. um, but in uh, with certain breeds of dogs, there is additional underwriting, and a person may or may not qualify for insurance with a particular breed. But uh, okay. you know, the only thing we won't insure is like a wolf or wolf hybrid. Um, you know, that's definitely out no matter what. But mm-hmm. any other breed, um, uh, if they meet underwriting standards, uh, you can still get insurance. And my dog's probably okay because the only danger you have with him is getting licked to death. <laughs> we trained him to be super friendly, not the other way around, apparently. So of what course. does so if you having a guard dog obviously doesn't help you save on premiums? Does an alarm or what does help you save on your homeowner's premiums? Sure. Yeah, um, alarm systems can help, um, although uh, typically we find. Um, that uh, if you have like a newer roof or newer homes, uh, that can save you money. The higher deductibles oftentimes save you some money. And um, also, um, in some cases, uh, the type of roof can be a big deal. Uh, I know after the last hailstorm that took off the uh, roof on my house, I put on a uh, impact-resistant shingle, and that saved a lot of money. Uh, so hopefully the next time a hailstorm comes along, I won't have to file a claim because I upgraded the shingles to impact resistance. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that was a, a healthy. That was bigger than an alarm system, actually. 
Okay. So, so I was kind of surprised by that, but but yeah. So. And because homeowners insurance protects against contents in your home if you would get burglarized, correct? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and up to your deductible, of course. I used to joke around because we had this TV I didn't like, and I'd be like, "Okay, everyone, leave the doors unlocked." <laughs> <laughs> but then my husband reminded me that our deductible was much higher than buying a new TV, so maybe we should just leave the doors locked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and of course, you know, just like car insurance, you have a deductible in the home. And so mm-hmm. um, if you have damage to the home, like, say, from a fire or a burglary um, or wind damage, um, you may have damage to um, the dwelling plus the contents. And in addition to that, you might have uh, you might not be able to live in the home because let's say that uh, if there was a tornado and it ripped the roof off your house, well, you can't live there then. And so you need another place to live. Well, your homeowner's insurance is going to provide extra money for you to get a temporary residence oh. while repairs are being made to your house. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really a neat thing. And um, and your deductible only applies once. So they take up all of the, the expenses, you know, the damage to the dwelling, the damage to the contents of the house, and the uh, money spent, um, you know, housing you in another location when you're, uh, until the repairs are made, your deductible applies only once to the entire claim. It's not once per each individual mm-hmm. type of, of, of coverage. So okay. um, very comprehensive coverage. That's awesome. So I've heard of people suing people for slipping on sidewalks. Is this really a concern? Should I be putting out some grippy stuff on Halloween if it starts to snow? <laughs> um, no, you don't need to go, you know, if it, while it's snowing, you don't necessarily have to get out there and shovel your sidewalks. But um, in most uh, locations, you've got 24 hours after the end of significant snowfall to um, get those blocks cleared. And so, yes, um, uh, you can be sued if you don't, you know, clean your sidewalks off um, if you're negligent. You can also get sued, though, for um, things that happen off-premises, like a skiing uh, accident. If you were going too fast or weren't looking where you were going and you hit, ran into somebody, um, your homeowner's insurance can actually cover that, uh, that situation where you're liable for those injuries, and a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, how does that work? Like, why is... How is your homeowner's insurance protecting you from being stupid on the ski slopes? Well, again, part of the coverage on the homeowner's policy is personal liability or family liability. And that that's something that's included on, on uh, pretty much every homeowner's insurance policy. The typical coverage is, is $300,000, uh, although you can purchase lower amounts uh, down to about 100000 or higher amounts up to a million. And that's been... Uh, pretty much a standard practice for, gosh, I don't know, since they invented lawyers, I think. Um, <laughs> How is that? Uh, I had someone asking me about umbrella policies yesterday. How is that different, or how does that those, how do those complement each other? Well, the umbrella policy is there to cover the excess liability or the extra liability above and beyond what your automobile or homeowner's insurance will pay for so typically the the minimum umbrella policy is a million dollars of additional coverage, and um, that covers and the reason they call it an umbrella policy is because it's covering both your automobile and your homes mm. and uh, in addition to that, your homeowner's insurance liability is 
basically coverage for occurrences in the United States. An umbrella policy for anybody that travels outside the United States uh, is good worldwide. So that, okay. that can come in handy for certain people there, too. But it also is there to protect your assets. Both financial planners will recommend uh, people get an umbrella policy uh, because they're inexpensive and, uh, relatively speaking, for the amount of coverage. And uh, they pr- protect your assets from, uh, you know, large lawsuits that, you know, could drain, uh, uh, you know, certain investments that people have. Uh, the courts could take it away. So oh, that's I really- have some. I would guess, especially if you're a sole proprietor or a contract business where you might get sued for doing stuff in line of work, that would be helpful. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, it would be very valuable coverage. So. Well, you heard the countdown for 90 seconds. Our listeners didn't hear it, but you heard yep. it. So we're almost out of time. Would you share your contact information one more time before we sign off for the day? Sure. They can reach me at the office by phone at uh, 720-489-8400. And my uh, email address, again, chad.auto at libertymutual.com. And my office is uh, right in Denver at uh, I-225 and I-25. And they can call you if they have questions on whatever they heard today. Absolutely. Customer, not a customer, it doesn't matter. I'm happy to answer all questions. Thank you so much. I definitely learned some stuff today. And uh, thank you to all our listeners today. We had some live listeners. Uh, If you have any questions about our programs here, you can call me at 303-573-1170, extension 1754. My name is Helen Gibson, and I work for uh, Denver Community Credit Union with our Clear Money Program, which is a financial education program. Thanks for listening, and have a good day. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Chad. All right. Oh, that's our 10-second mark. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.